Yo, yo, this is Justin B. Bieber. Hey, it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show exclusive podcast. Hello, beautiful human. We welcome to the studio. Skylar Gray. Hey. Thank you. An honor to have you here because, I don't know, you have a, you have a fascinating journey throughout this musical industry. It's been a journey. But I feel like, is it wrong to say this, that like, even though you've had such a vast, extensive journey, this latest body of work is kind of the big start of it all? Like, because... You know what? I feel that way every time I put out music. I'm like, maybe this is the beginning. Um, How do you cite the beginning for you? Is it the first time you got a cut? Is it the first time you recorded your own record? Because you've had a hand and a creative... You've had a creative hand and ear in some of the biggest records of all time. Yeah. You know, I used to think of it as a problem that I, like, loved working in all different genres because I couldn't settle on just one for myself. And I think, you know, when it comes to marketing something, if you don't really understand the product, it's hard to, like, market it properly and brand it properly. And I think that's been a lot of, like, labels and stuff struggle with with marketing me as an artist um but I'm starting to embrace it more I used to be so afraid of like being a chameleon even though I just I am naturally a chameleon I like to do it all work in hip-hop EDM dress goth dress like the girl next door like I like to play in all different genres of of every part of my life and so to put me in a box was like it's painful like so, <laughs> Do you feel like boxes in 2019 are less of the norm? That's what I was about to say. So I actually think now there's so much genre blending going on with popular artists. Um, I think it's going to be more accepted to just like try things and be weird and different and, and do things that are unexpected and not be in a box. Does I think you, it's the right time for that. A hundred percent. And and by the way, like there's a, I think there's a thousand things that fuel that, like society being more open-minded. Yes. Also the idea that like consumption habits are changing. Mm-hmm. Anybody out there can release music now more than ever. Yes. You don't have to wait two, five years for an album. It's crazy. To be finished and to put it out. Like I can write a song tonight and put it out tomorrow if I, if I want to. Well, so... First question. Well, I'll get to your writing process in a second. What is the craziest thing for you to wrap your mind around when it comes to making music in 2019? Is it the fact that you could feel, write, and release all within a few hours? Yeah, for me personally, 2019 is really exciting for releasing music because I'm a free agent now. I'm not on a label and I don't have to answer to anyone. So (laughs) I'm just a free bird, yeah. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Yeah, so it's really exciting. So right now I'm putting out this project called Angel with Tattoos, um, which is going back to my roots. It's a specific sound. It's a, I put this, um, all these songs in one box, one category, and it's kind of like a throwback, Joni Mitchell, Carole King, Fleetwood Mac vibe. Sick. But that's only like one of the facets of things, music that I like to create. And so I'm putting that in a category and I'm calling it an open-ended album because I don't know how many songs are going to be on it in the end. Right now there's five and I'm going to keep adding to it as I write songs in that genre. And it'll just be like my, my very own playlist that I keep adding to. But then in the meantime, I can release hip hop songs or EDM songs and 
Whatever. So when it comes to the album, creating an open-ended album, which I've never even heard anybody do. No, I'm so just being creative. Yeah, but I think it's dope. It's fun. You can you can do shit like that these days. Yeah, well, yeah, you're fine. Okay. It, you, you really can do stuff like that because then it's like, it's your story of your now, right? Yeah. And you have an album that is actually living and breathing in the present as opposed to like something that embodies a chapter. Yeah. That you've come out of. That's another really cool thing about music these days. It's like, I, the, actually, the songs I'm releasing right now were written two years ago. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, so I'm finally getting to release them. They're, they're the music, it's the songs that I presented to my label saying, like, this, this is what I want to be my next album. And they weren't feeling it. And so I was like, well, I'm not changing what I'm doing, so what are we going to do here? So we decided to part ways, and they let me take the music with me, which is awesome. That, not a lot of labels. Rare. Are, yeah. So it was super exciting that I was able to take these songs with me, and now I'm releasing them. But I'm writing songs every day, and the cool thing is, like, I can just, I don't have to wait two years anymore. I can just drop it because I'm not answering to anyone. And, and it's cool because the music I just created is usually the music I'm most excited about. Like, right after I get out of the studio, I'm like, this song's dope. Like, I want everybody to hear this right now, not two years from now, you know? But you could add to it. Yeah, and so now I have this project. I can continue to write songs and be excited about them and add them to this project, you know? How do you know when it's over? How do you know when it's time to close that chapter? I don't know if there ever, if, if that door will ever close. I could be 90 releasing music, music on this project. <laughs> I like it. You know? I mean, so when you're creating for different genres, does that affect your creative process and how you write? Yeah. I learn a lot from different genres, so... Like, I started out singing with my mom when I was six years old. In something so freaking cool. It was like a folk a folk group, right? Yeah, it was like kid songs. Yeah, it was like a folky kid songs. We toured in elementary schools and libraries. Love it. Good yeah. crowds. <laughs> really good crowds. <laughs> and one thing that I still use from that experience is, like, well, first of all, being on stage that that young of an age and like learning how to be professional with the people we were working with and stuff that's like priceless knowledge and experience um it affects you as you grow up yeah but and then just being on stage and like interacting with an audience i've been doing that since since i was six so now like it's just it's like being in the living room having a conversation with a friend but I'm on stage in front of 10,000 people or whatever. Because <laughs> you've been doing it for so long. Because I've been doing it for so long, yeah. So I've used that. And then as I've worked in other genres, like working in hip-hop, um, I've learned so much about, like, wordplay and storytelling. And my lyrics are so much better now, even in, like, the folk music that I'm doing right now. Um, I've, I've taken so much from working in hip-hop and applied it to, to what I'm doing now. So, okay, you utilize different techniques from different genres within each other. Mm -hmm. But do you have to go to a certain place to create a certain type of record? And do you bring yourself to that place? Or does the room you're in bring you to that place? It's a good question. Sometimes, like, my outfit can change my mood. I get it. So that's why sometimes, like, fashion is a, is a part of, like, my chameleon thing, too. Because it's like, if I'm dressing in um a gown if i'm wearing like a, a silky dress or something and i'm sitting at a piano i want to write something beautiful and elegant and then if i have cornrows and 
a gold chains on, I'm going to write something in hood. Like I just, <laughs> I embody that character and, um, yeah, it's do just you, fun to play in all the different worlds. When you write records for other people, do you write your own story or do you create a story that's not like that is a character? When I write for other people, I, I like to try to put myself in their shoes emotionally because it's really important with all the genres that I write in. It's really important that even if I'm playing a character per se, it's still real. And it's coming from a, a real emotional place, a real experience. So, for example, um, I just recently wrote a song for Celine Dion. And cool. <laughs> she's putting, I think she's putting it out in November. And um, it was inspired by, actually, my fiancé was looking at Huffington Post one day and saw this article about her holding hands with a new man. And, you know, everything she's been through, it was so tragic and sad and and then we were like wait is she in a new relationship has she found new love after all that and so my fiance and I sat in the car for like two hours after we got home from dinner parked in our parking or in our driveway and discussed it and we tried to imagine what it would be like if like I lost him and then I had to like find the courage to move on and find new love and so I was like putting myself in that place emotionally and then I let that marinate for a long time and then um, it became a song eventually. So do you take those feelings and write it yourself and then give it to her? Do you take that into a session with you? So that song was one that um, I actually wrote with my fiance. Wow. Yeah. So it, it was kind of the, the concept was there, but um, we didn't have a song yet. I was playing a show in Montauk at the Surf Lodge last summer. After the show, I was half asleep in bed and it came to me. The melody for the song and the lyric just like came to me out of nowhere as I was like half asleep. And I woke up. I was like, babe, babe, I got it. And I got out this little keyboard about this big. Probably has like 18 keys on it. I don't know. And I started playing and singing this little rough idea. And we were like, that's it. And so we wrote the song in the back of the car on the way back to JFK. Um, and then we, we got home. I have a, re- a recording studio at the house. So recorded it, sent it off to Celine Dion. She wasn't asking for a song, by the way. But, I was just like, I'm going to write a song for Celine Dion. Yeah, but by the way, like that's <laughs> how you know that it's right. Yeah. Because this, I mean, imagine if, like, imagine if she didn't want the record or, like, it didn't hit her ears, you know? Yeah. You essentially wrote it thinking about her yes. or for her living through what she's going through. Yeah. You know, and that happens a lot, too. You'll pitch a song to somebody that you think is perfect for them and they don't want it. And then you're like, it's like at first it stings a little bit. You're like a let down. But then the song finds a new opportunity. Yeah. Like, recently I did a song for um, a TV show, the Hulu TV show. Um, wait, what's the name of the show? Uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Oh, okay. And so I did the theme song for that. And it was a song that I actually started writing for Pitch Perfect 2, the movie. Yeah. And so it had this barbershop quartet vibe going. Um, My dad was in a barbershop quartet, so I pulled a lot of inspiration from that. But I was thinking about, like, acapella groups and harmony and stuff. And so then, but Pitch Perfect didn't take the song. So it sat in my Dropbox folder of of all these like half finished songs that I have for like two years, and then this show picked it up, and Random. so I finished it for the show. Wow! Yeah. So you never know. It's like never a 
waste of time to write a song. Zach Sang Show. Yo, beautiful human. I'm always trying to save money, so I've been trying out some of those bidding sites. A lot of them are bull squash. But you know what? DealDash.com is not. It's an honest and fair way to bid on the internet. Plus, it has hundreds of auctions daily, TVs, jewelry, clothes, home furnishings, computers, even cars. They're all available at DealDash.com, and you can get them for up to 90 percent off. Right now, you can go to DealDash.com and get 100 bids with your first bid pack purchase. Go to DealDash.com and just enter the code ZACKSANG now and start bidding today. And remember, there is a 90-day money-back guarantee and all the shipping is free. Always. Free shipping. Users of DealDash.com have really gotten things like mountain bikes for $11, an iPad for less than $24, a 4K TV for under $2, cars have been sold on DealDash for under $900, plus if you don't win the auction, the auction, you can uh, buy it now. It's really easy. You can buy your desired item for the listed price. Buy now, buy now, or bid, whatever you want to do. DealDash.com, they're legit. You know, what are you waiting for? Don't miss out on these awesome deals. DealDash.com. You can uh, use the code ZACKSANG now and uh, start bidding. You'll get stuff. DealDash.com. Okay. Good luck. ZACKSANG Show. A lot of people feel like it could be. So I feel like when you say that, you speak to a lot of artists. Because you're right. Every song has the opportunity and the chance to find its proper home. Yeah. But also with every song you write, you actually learn something and... We've talked to a lot of artists who like feel like they need to write 100 songs in a year. And once they write 100 songs in a year, then they're ready to like professionally take on sessions. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I is don't. That, is that a ridiculous thing for people to believe? I don't know. I I have a different journey with all of that stuff. I mean, because I've been doing it for so long, writing and performing. But so I wrote, you know, Love the Way You Lie for Eminem and Rihanna. and But I wrote that from a cabin in the woods in Oregon. And I did, wasn't in a session with anybody. I didn't do sessions. So it was just you. Yeah. I mean, I did it with Alex the Kid over email. He sent me a beat. And I wrote my the, the chorus and I sent it back to him. So. So. Whoa. Yeah. But, like, I'd never really done sessions before. And then I got so suddenly started getting asked to do all these writing sessions. And it's so awkward for me to be in a room with a stranger and be like, now let's get emotional and write a song. <laughs> is it still weird for you? It is. Yeah, I've like when I, when I turned thirty, I I started to not give as many f- about like what people thought about me, and so going into the the session, I wasn't as self conscious. I was just like, eh, whatever. I'm just gonna like throw some ideas out there. If they suck, it is what it is, you know. But I before that, I was just I felt so self conscious, like I'm being judged or something. Like, is she good? Is she not? Was it a fluke that she wrote "Love the Way You Lie"? Like. Because, like, the truth is you kind of are in a sense. Like, you put everybody's judging everybody in those yeah. rooms until you get comfortable. Yes. But I've I've started to let go of the self-conscious part of it, but it's still awkward. I mean, it's still, like, hard to get really deep with somebody within, like, the first 15 minutes of meeting them. Yeah, and you really, you got to get deep to write a great record, yes? I believe so. I'm also a believer in quality over quantity. Mm. So I'll... I don't think writing a song a day is necessarily right to get good songs. I think, like, like the Celine Dion song, for example, like sitting with that for, I think that idea was marinating for maybe a couple months before the song was written. Wow. So but you- then it, it got cut. So <laughs> 
quality over quantity, you know? Yeah, I have a question 100%. about the Celine song. Do you, when you deliver it to her, do you tell her the story of how it was written? I actually didn't tell her the story. I did meet, so we got, she invited us to come um, to her show in Vegas right before it ended in June. And when we met her, she like didn't even shake my hand. She walked up to me and started singing the song to me. Oh, wow. Oh, my <laughs> How do you feel in that moment? Oh, my God. I mean, it was just surreal. So my fiance was there, too. We started singing along with her. So here we are backstage with Celine Dion singing with her the song we wrote for her before her show made her show late because we were just back there, like, singing with each other. It was epic. That's wild. Yeah. What? That's crazy to think about. Like, in that moment... I mean, I don't know. Like that, that has to be a, like that that bucket list dream. It is. When I got the phone call that she cut the song, I burst into tears, and I have a video of it. I mean, she's one of the greatest voices of all time. So yeah. for her to embody your lyrics, yeah. I and mean, then for her to say, also, uh, I want to keep the, your piano part and your background vocals. Well, oh. So technically, I'm singing with Celine Dion on the record. It's <laughs> <What>? no <laughs> big deal. No big deal. What do you seriously think she, crazy? What do you think she heard in the record that made her want to cut it? Do you wonder that? Do I what? Do you wonder why people want to cut your records? Or what what it was in that record that really hooked somebody? I think it I think it comes down to the emotion, personally. Like I definitely put a lot of emotion in everything I do. Is there a way today that you prefer to write? Like would you rather be alone? Would you rather do a session? Currently I've been writing a lot of songs with my fiance because we live in a 600 square foot house on a 300 acre property in Napa. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> and so know. we're out in the woods in the middle of nowhere with ourselves, and we just love to just get high and write music <laughs> and m- make love and have the best life ever. Oh, that's and, great. Yeah. And so being creative in that regard is it's so easy because there's not like a set session time and mm. You have to write, you know, a song for so-and-so today. It's It's, it's just purely, like, inspiration and channeling things. And it comes to us, and we start playing with it and writing. And actually, that happened recently. He was he was high one night. I was cooking dinner. And he picked up the guitar, and he goes, uh, I'll be sipping my ties. And he was like, no, that's stupid. And I was like, that's dope! <laughs> <laughs> and so we put this little hook together and now it's going to be a song um train featuring me what (laughs) no big deal yeah you said that way too casually i'm so excited yeah that's huge yeah he's an icon yeah we just filmed um we're gonna debut the song on magnum pi oh that's pretty we just went to hawaii like last week and filmed the episode like what does it mean to you to be making music in our on your schedule on your time in your way and for de- like in my environment people? that I want to be in not have to be in LA yeah it's the I mean I I figured it out but it, it's working <laughs> it's you, working like yeah. before like it was working before but like the label was the label do you get know what I'm saying and they yeah. they threw their own into the mix but like success is happening on your terms yep in a way where you're the most comfortable. What is it about writing with your fiance? Do you feel, I mean, obviously you're connected. Yeah. But it's ultimate comfort. It's ultimate comfort. And it's also 
like I've been doing this for so long. He's been in music for a long time, but not like as a songwriter. And so it's so fresh to him. And he's coming up with all these really fresh ideas that like they they would only come to somebody who is like not jaded, not corrupt, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's so exciting for me to then take these brilliant little gems of ideas that he comes up with and then turn them into these, you know, songs that are commercial and we can pitch to artists or I can keep for myself. And he's starting to release music himself. Does his purity make you more pure? Yes. Yeah, because you have the opportunity to be hella jaded. I could totally be jaded. (laughs) He has made me a more positive person in general, overall. Um, Because he's he's like, he's so playful and um, he's really successful, but he doesn't let it it ever get him down in a way. Like, I, I feel like there's some people that are really successful that get really jaded, but he like stays so positive all the time. I don't know how he does it, but it's rubbed off on me, and it's it's great. It's a very healthy life That's style. That's special. Yeah. That's like the, if he's making you feel like and be the best version of you. He is. That's an incredible relationship. Yeah. I want love. I want to live with somebody in a 600 square foot house on 300 acres of property <laughs> in <laughs> Napa. Gosh. Is Shame On You connected with Angel? Are, are the two songs connected? Shame on you starts off the new album, right? Yeah, so shame on I mean, shame on you is about my fiance. And Angel with Tattoos, it's all one story. It's all about the same relationship. It's all inspired by now, this relationship. But those are the five songs that are yes. done that are inspired by this relationship. Yes. But anything that could follow could come from I have a lot of other songs in the works for this project that are all still in the same storyline. Cool. So I won't ask a specific question about the song, but do you think a lot of people judge you because of your tattoos? I think um, it's just, it's very common for, especially when you're um, in a new relationship, for people to judge it and people to, like, if if they really care about you, family member, friends, um, for them to judge your new partner mm-hmm. in any way and find something wrong with you, even if there's not, like, Dude. just because they, they care, you know? I was literally explaining this to you today with my mom. My mom is dating for the first time in 15 years, and I hate anybody who's trying to date her because, yeah. like, you know, until you really get to know somebody deep, deep within, your guard is going to be hella up. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be defensive because it's more out of love and protection. It is out of love and protection, for sure, yeah. 100%. And it does, I mean, I, it weighs on the person. Yeah. It weighs on the person who's looking for love and looking to be in a relationship with the person that you're trying to protect. Yes. But. But yeah, so tattoos are a part of that. I mean, it's, there's a lot of things I feel like. Um, it could be a, a hard upbringing or a um, bad, you know, reputation of past relationships. Anything could cause somebody to, to judge you for that, for like you're not good enough for for my whoever it is. It's very common. Mm-hmm. So I just felt like the song spoke to a lot of people. Absolutely. Well, by the way, like it's that common occurrence or that common pain that a lot of times makes a record that works, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I was gonna, is it is it hard? Sh- is it hard showing him the song because you're kind of expressing your feelings about the whole relationship? Or did you write it with him? I actually didn't didn't write this one with him. 
Um, except I did in a sense because he's the one who calls me his angel with tattoos. <laughs> so he came up with the phrase. And you crafted it. And I crafted it into a song. Yeah. Another ag- example of like this gem, brilliant idea, <laughs> you know, like let me run with that and turn it into a song, you know. But it's really cool that like his purity softens your edges. Yeah. Because, like, you've done so much incredible stuff. You were nominated for five Grammys? Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, you do, you've been through a lot, whether it be labels, ups and downs, a thousand things. Like, I don't know, a lot of people would have tapped out. A lot of people would have said, like, fuck you. And then, like, I almost did. What kept you, what, what kept you in? I almost, in 2008, I almost gave up because I lost my first record deal. And I saw it as a bad thing that I lost the record deal at that time. Um, and I went broke. And my management and my lawyer both quit. And I was like, well, what am I doing in L.A.? And I couldn't even write a song at that point. I was, like, so lost as a person and as a writer. And so I left. I moved to the cabin in the woods in Oregon where I um, I did a lot of soul searching. I wasn't surrounded by anybody's opinions anymore because I was just out in the woods by myself and so I talked to myself and asked myself what do I want you know what what do I enjoy about music what do I want to create that makes me feel good not for somebody else and that's when I wrote love the way you lie (laughs) so I had to go on that soul searching journey figure out myself again get myself back in order And then to have this, like, huge, it was like I was living on, I had no money, like zero, zero money. Living in a cabin in the woods for free, I traded work for rent. The woman who owned the property, she let me work in her art gallery um, down the road and in exchange for living at her place. And so, um, yeah, I had to go through this whole journey fall back in love with music and then a month later after i wrote the song it was a number one song you needed to hit like lower than the bottom yeah i i had to hit pretty rock bottom has there been a moment since where you've had to go away and kind of reconnect with yourself since then i've actually made it a point to always um remind myself of the things that i learned during that time what what's the biggest and, thing well just the main thing is listening to myself because I'm easily swayed by other people's opinions. That's my biggest problem, I think, when it comes to um, being creative. Like, I want everybody to love everything that I do. <laughs> and when they don't, it, like, it really hurts. And I, like, change m- what I'm doing to try to please them. But then I don't like it. And so I get lost in that, in that cycle. So it's really important for me to not live in L.A. That's number one. I have to live. Louder. Out in the wilderness, peace and quiet, with my own thoughts, um, being surrounded by nature, it's a huge, important thing for me. Um, yeah, so I've made it a point to, like, I, I lived in Utah for a while, and now I'm in Napa. Is it, the biggest thing here that I'm seeing is, like, silence. Yeah. It It's silence and positivity not any sort of opinions or critiques because I I understand what you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. You get lost in other people's opinions and then you feel obligated to try to morph your art to fit 
they're especially critiques. when they are the experts. So when it's a label experts. or yeah, the people that I I look up to, yeah, and they're not liking what I'm doing, um, it really messes with me, man. It so I know I can't please everyone. I'm very aware of that. Like. You have, if you're going to, if some people are going to love your music, some people are going to hate your music. That's just the way it is. Everybody has a different opinion. But when I'm like sending music out to my team and they're giving me all this negative feedback, it's like, it it makes me not want to go back and write another song. It's like, well, maybe I won't write a song today because, you know, nothing I've been doing lately has been, nobody's been liking it, so... I don't know. Why, I totally get it. Like, why do something if it's going to be met with negativity? Yeah. So I'm like, why do it? Yeah. So it's important for me to, like, work with people that are positive, positive reinforcement and supportive of me exploring and doing things that sometimes suck and sometimes are good. But at least it wa- makes me want to go back into the studio and keep working because I'm having fun and it's positive. At what point in a song's life do you send it to your team and take it out of your little you and your fiance well when does it leave the cabin it leaves the cabin when i feel like the production is to a place where it can be heard properly okay it's not going to be like record quality yet necessarily but um there's like a rough idea of what it's supposed to sound like and then i send it off and i've been really producing a lot more in the past um two years just out of necessity because I'm not working with a bunch of producers down in L.A., so <laughs> I have to learn how to program drums and do string arrangements. Survival. Yeah, and so that's what I've been doing. I'm actually working on the end title for a movie right now that's like this super orchestral, massive song with an opera singer. Whoa. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to be in L.A. to do it. What? You don't have to be in L.A. to do it. And I don't it. have to be in L.A. to do it, yeah. 600 I'm square feet on a... Teaching myself all these programs so that I could do it all myself. Baller. Is there a distinct difference between a record for you and a record for somebody else? Sometimes there is and sometimes there isn't. The Celine Dion record, is there a difference between it being for you and then for her? I would have maybe kept that song for myself if she didn't do it, actually. It's a really good song. I'm really proud of that one. Is there a record that you're the most connected to? Like that I didn't do? Or that you've done, yeah. No, no, that you've done. Like for me as a performer, I've done. Yeah, or okay. or you've written. It could be a song that you wrote for somebody else. Most connected to. I mean, I feel like the, the music I'm making right now is like the most honest music I've made lyrically, at least. Um, I'm really connected to a song. It's it's not that I'm connected to it as much as I just I think I'm I'm really proud of this song, "Walk on Water." I did with. Eminem and Beyonce, yeah. and the the I guess the chorus of that song I'm just so proud of, and I wish that I I do have a full length version that I haven't released yet of my own oh, wow. that I'm thinking about putting out, but um yeah that one's a really important song to me, and then um, that's pretty cool. Of course, the piano version of Love the Way You Lie, I've been really connected to for a long time. It was the song that changed my life. And I got convinced to let Rihanna sing the the uh, piano version. I Well, I, I wanted to put it out as my single. 
after working with them and everything. And then, of course, I want Rihanna to sing it too. <laughs> but like, I wanted it to be the piano version to be my single. And I was told that it would be her single. And then they ended up putting it as an album-only download. Is that her? On her album. And I was a little bummed. Yeah. Because I was like, I really wanted to put that song out for myself. I thought that would be a really good first look for me because I'm like piano vocalist. I feel like that's like my my base. I branch out from there. I do all these different genres and stuff. But like piano vocal is like. That's it. That's like the core of everything I do. And so I thought that was a perfect opportunity to like bring my art to the world as an artist. And then I was stoked that she was going to put it out as a single. And then it wasn't a single. And I was really let down. And now it's it, it just it was a bonus. It was just an album only download, you know. That does kind of suck. Because yeah. you had a plan in your head and the song is so attached. To it, it's your story. Yeah. It really is your story. Yeah, so that was a little bit of a bummer moment, but I still am very grateful for the entire opportunity of putting that song out, working with Eminem. He has been such a huge supporter of mine um, and collaborator. Like, we still work together, and I've learned so much from him. So people like Eminem or Macklemore, do they hit you up and send you random beats to create with anymore? If you have songs, do you feel obligated or, like, you could just send them anything that you have? Uh, sometimes I write stuff that I think would be good for them, so I send it off. And sometimes it, you know, they put it on hold or whatever. Um, and then, like, with Macklemore, that was the session. That was, let's get in the studio together in L.A. And he had this song already written. The verses were already there. And he just needed the chorus. And so I listened to his verses, and I took the inspiration from what he was saying there. He said the word glorious in the second verse. And I was like, oh, nobody uses that word anymore. That should be the hook. <laughs> That's awesome. And so we we turned it into the the hook and we did that one together. That was one of those sessions where it's like I, I'd met him before, but I'd never spent time with him, didn't really know him. Um, but I just had to like not give a f and just like send it. I get it. And not be self-conscious. And that's what pushed me through doing that session and getting there. Was that a personal record for you, or did you write that record knowing it was going to have a different type of meaning in, in music It was a personal record because I uh, had just met and fell in love with my fiancé, and so I was feeling on top of the world. Like, glorious. I was feeling glorious at that moment, and so it totally went in line with my life. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It, you, you kind of touched on it, but is it hard seeing these other artists get all the credit for the songs that you write? No, because I, I mean, I was living in a cabin in the woods with no money. Yeah. And by Eminem and Rihanna cutting that song, I was back on the map in the music industry like I never even imagined I would be. And it was a huge opportunity. I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful to be able to work with all these different artists. I learn so much every time I do it. Um but I do need to be better about putting my foot down when it comes to a song that I want to keep for myself. Have I you, get tempted to just let it out there, like let it go to somebody else. And then I'm like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. That happens a lot. When's the last time that happened? I don't think we should name any names. <laughs> I think I've done enough enough of that on this show right at this point. <laughs> I really like Beauty Marks. Oh, thank you. That was a fun one to write. Great record. Thank you. Beautiful. 
What yeah, I, I was, when I got called to do a session with Sierra, I was a little bit surprised. Because, like, I didn't think that anything I had done at that point would be something that she would be looking for, you know? yeah. And then when we, but I was like, cool, I like Sierra, so let's go see what the vibe is. Go up there to Seattle, and um, we sat there for, like, hours talking about life and getting to know each other and, you know, just, just talking. And, and then this song concept is something that she actually came up with, the, the concept yeah. Beauty Marks. And um, I was like, well, you know, I really think it would be beautiful for you to do a piano ballad because I've never heard you do that before. And she was down. And so I was really excited about that. And so we just put it together. The same album that gave us Level Up. Gave us yeah. a piano ballad. Yeah. But like one of the common threads between a lot of the successful records you've created, there's a lot of emotional mm-hmm. marination. Mm-hmm. There's like a lot of talking and getting to know one another. And it's not a fast process. No, it isn't a fast process for me. Usually. I, I like to really get emotional with what I do because that's that's like where music has always been like my savior in a way it's like my therapy when i was a kid and was feeling down i would go to the piano and i would just like let it all out on the piano and sing and play and and so it's always come from that place so when i write even for other artists i have to get there emotionally taxing to give all that to it can be a little bit um exhausting the method that i use so uh, that's maybe why I do less well, sessions. I was just going to say, like, well, that's why it's a that, quality over quantity That thing. might be why I choose quality over quantity, because it's a little <laughs> bit like, yeah. And then just writing lyrics to me is, like, such a, a mind game. It's, like, it's almost like doing crossword puzzles all day. It's, like, trying to figure out the exact words to fit into the thing. And that can be exhausting, too. Because you have two molds that you need to fit, right? You need to fit, like, whatever, the rhyme scheme or whatever it is. But yeah. then you're still telling a story that's... Yeah. So, like, coming from an emotional place and saying, like, this is... A lot of times what I do is I say, well, this is what I want to say here. Like, the sentiment of what I want to say is this. And I'll write a sentence out that isn't poetic at all. But I'm like, that's what I want to say. So let's find a poetic way to say that. Interesting. So you do like a plain version, like a, like an average Joe version of like, yeah. this is how I'm feeling. Yes. And then you... And then I tr- try to come up with like a cool way to say it. Deeper. Artistic and... way to say it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Sometimes. That's and then cool. sometimes, sometimes, you know, I just sit at a piano or start singing and lyrics come to me and I'm like, I don't even know where that came from, but it's really dope. And I'm going to run with that. And when you have those run with moments, do you need to... F- get the song to a certain point before you stop? Yeah. Otherwise, like, I'll... You know, it's good that we have cell phones with notepads in them because no matter where I go, if I have an idea, I can just, like, continue writing it. So um, at dinner, I'll sometimes, you know, be, like, typing lyric <laughs> ideas for the song I was just working on. I'm totally listening to yeah. you. Yeah. But, 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 like, even falling asleep in bed sometimes, I'll just have lyrics going through my head and I'm like, I can't sleep because I have to write this down before I go to sleep. You know... October 18th. <laughs> that is the album. It is an open-ended album, Angel with Tattoos. Five songs will start it. Yep. But there's no end in sight. No end in sight. Nope. I think it's pretty cool. I'm, I, I'm having fun with this. Like, 
I think the music industry, having the internet, it was scary at first. We were like, what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to, you know, make money? Um, But I see it as like a playground. It's exciting. You can just like, and so that's what I'm doing. I'm making an open-ended album that nobody's done, I guess, before technically. And I'm just having fun playing. It's living. It is breathing. Angels with Tattoos, October 18th. Final thought? I actually just found out you wrote Clarity. I was a part of that song. Did they bring you on because they needed help finishing it, or how did you get involved with that one? I actually got involved because um, Zed asked me to sing the song, and he ended up not liking my vocal. By the way, he's notorious for this. Yeah. He has a trillion people cut records. Yeah. So, actually, Matthew Coma was the one who, like, really came up with that melody and lyric. I wrote the second verse with him, and like finished it with him and then recorded my vocal and then I got nixed. What? Does that hurt? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it stung, but. Life. That, yeah. How many other people wrote on that record? A ton? I don't think so. I think it was just Zed and Matthew Coma and me. You. That's good. I think. Usually the, I mean, I love Zed. His records are amazing, but the middle I thought there was an army of people on that. Right, there's it looked like an army. There were so many people on oh, one really? song. Yeah, like that happens a lot. Is that like how do you feel about that? Like th- the fact that one song can touch so many different people. You know what? Paths. I just think there's no rules when it comes to creativity, and sometimes it makes sense to write the song yourself. Sometimes it makes sense to write it with someone. Sometimes something you do is really cool for about two seconds and then the rest of the song sucks. So you pass that little two second clip of coolness <laughs> to another group of people to put their brains to it and yeah. create a massive success. And that's probably, that's what happens. you know, how some of those songs with tons of writers get built. It's like this really cool part, but the rest of the song, nah. So it gets put together like a big jigsaw puzzle. Is there money in that though? Yeah. Yeah, there is. Um, I think just from the pure fact that like having those credits for any of those writers will help you get more credits, more songwriting opportunities. Is it true that all it takes is one great credit to yeah. open up somebody's life? That's what Love the Way You Lie did for me. Yeah. Is there a message that you would share with an artist who might be thinking about giving up or is in a really tough time right now? Like what what kept you going? Could you pass that along to them? I think what kept me going was just really like diving deep and remembering why I do it. And it's for the passion of the music. There was a time when I did it for the wrong reasons. I did it because I was trying to impress people or make money or become a superstar or whatever. And, but that's not at the core why I started music in the first place. It was because those nights staying up till two in the morning, pounding away at my piano when I was 10 years old, like imagining that I was performing on the Grammys in front of however many people um, and just feeling the passion and, and sometimes crying while I'm playing because it's just so, so emotional for me to do that. That's what I do it for. And so if at any point I'm like, getting frustrated with like the business of it or whatever I just got to remember like always come back to that center and that's what helps me keep going I got to do it for me 
Skylar Gray, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you. Appreciate you deeply. Thanks. Thank you. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.